Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wealth Conversation podcast with me, Tsitsi Mutiti. I guide high-achieving women on their journey to build lasting wealth so they can prepare for an abundant future in every area of their life. I hope that today's episode will help you to transform your relationship with money so you can make the choices that will enable you to create the opportunities and lasting wealth that you desire. Let's get straight into this week's episode. In this episode, I will be sharing why I believe it is important to be comfortable talking about money and building wealth. For many years, I struggled to have money conversations. It wasn't because I didn't want to talk about money. I just felt I couldn't talk about money. In some instances, I actually believed that it wasn't my place to have those conversations. And in others, I thought I didn't have the right language to have meaningful conversations. And then there was the fact that in my early 30s, I had accumulated a lot of debt. And this was mainly due to lack of knowledge. I had moved to the United Kingdom from Zimbabwe, and I didn't understand the financial system in the country that I was now operating in. But at the same time, I needed to move quickly. I needed to set myself up. I needed to find work and I needed a place to live, which meant I had to pay bills while supporting family back home. The financial decisions I made at that stage and the additional responsibilities that I had seemed to be taking me further away from the personal and lifestyle goals that I had set for myself. And I didn't know how to effectively manage my money. It's something that I wasn't taught about. I wasn't taught at school or at home. Living in Zimbabwe in the late 90s, early 2000s also had a major impact on my relationship with money. Although I had a middle class upbringing, money was actually very stressful. The conversation around money for me tended to be about the lack of money or how difficult it was to have and maintain any level of money simply because our currency and economy were in free fall at the time. And that was the conversation I knew. That was a conversation I could have with confidence. It was difficult for me to get my head around the concept of growing and maintaining wealth because I had not really experienced that in my early adult years. So you're probably wondering what changed because here I am hosting this podcast called The Wealth Conversation. If you have done any research on me, you will know that I am an award-winning investment manager and a certified financial coach. This means that my days are spent talking with people about money. I have conversations about how to grow, maintain and protect wealth, as well as how to understand the role that we each play in our present and future finances, whilst acknowledging the impact we have had on our past money story. I want everyone to commit to becoming the designer of their financial future because one thing I now know for sure is that we all have the power to create whatever financial future we desire. And the main reason why I believe this to be true is because money is just a tool and a byproduct of our efforts. It's like picking up a pen and starting to write. You know, your mind is what controls the whole process. It sends a signal to your hand, which makes the hand move in a certain way so that you are able to write out each letter that will reveal your thoughts. 
the pen is the tool in this example. And it's really as simple as that. And if you can accept and understand that your decisions and actions have an impact on how your money actually works for you, then you are on the right track to making your money work as hard as you do. You are ready to become the designer of your financial future. So I moved to the UK in September 2006 and I joined the wealth management industry just over a year later, November 2007 to be exact. At that point in time, I was a qualified secretary. The role that I was offered was a secretary to a team of investment managers. I accepted a job because I needed a job, but I was also convinced that I would leave the job in three years. And this was not because I felt I couldn't do the job, but it was because I had found myself in an industry that I felt I didn't belong in. After all, I didn't know anyone who worked in senior levels in the industry in the UK. I w it wasn't easy to find anyone in the industry who looked like me. And, you know, they say seeing is believing, right? And because I didn't see a black woman in the industry at a senior level, I believed that I had no business in the sector. But one day in 2008, whilst I was sorting up out some files, I came across a trust deed. This was the first time I had ever seen one. From reading the first page, I gathered that Mr. X, let's call him that, had ring-fenced a specific amount of money more than a century ago. In this document, he had stated that the money was to be protected and grown for the benefit of his children, his children's children, and everyone else in his bloodline who came after them. My mind was blown. Like, how was this possible? Actually, why didn't my parents put something like this in place? And why weren't people I knew talking about this? There were so many questions going around in my head and I was feeling so many emotions. In those few minutes, I went from being confused to disappointed to angry to being determined that I wanted to know and understand how I could one day be able to set up a trust for my descendants. I now wanted to understand what my colleagues around me were doing. I wanted to learn how they were helping people become financially resilient, how they were supporting individuals and families to grow, maintain and protect their wealth for themselves and future generations. And that's when I started really paying attention. I started paying attention to what was happening around me in the office. That's when I started listening more intently listening to the money and finance conversations that were happening around me. And that set me off on a journey of studying and learning. In 2011, I qualified as an investment advisor. I had done it. I had studied for three years, passed all the relevant exams and was now on track to be a wealth manager. I couldn't wait to share this knowledge I had with close family and friends so I could start talking about money and wealth with them and we could all start thinking about wealth in a different way. So we could break the cycle of each generation in our community starting from zero. So we could build generational wealth. But there was just one problem. Every time I started to speak, it seemed as if the person I was having the conversation with 
didn't understand what I was saying. They would engage for a while, possibly to please me, and then change the subject. After experiencing this with a few people, I realized where I was going wrong. I was trying to explain concepts that they didn't understand. And to make things worse, I was using complicated language. I had gone from not having the right language to have meaningful conversations about the basics of money to being able to use the jargon that the financial services professionals used, which a few years ago, I didn't understand. I had to simplify my language and make the concepts I was trying to have conversations about relatable. I also had to engage in the conversation not as a wealth manager, but as me, Tsitsi, the single mother who had moved to the UK with the hopes of building a better life for herself and her daughter. That was when I set up the wealth conversation. My mission was to get people comfortable talking about all aspects of money and finance, the good, the bad, the confusing, and everything in between. Because despite the qualifications and the experience that I had working in financial services, I was struggling with my personal finances. I was finding it difficult to have a conversation about my financial situation with anyone. The day I decided to speak to someone about my financial situation was the day that everything started to turn around for me. That conversation helped me put things in perspective. It helped me see that things were not as bad as my mind was making them out to be. It helped me find the light at the end of what seemed to be the longest and darkest tunnel. The wealth conversation for me is a bridge between people who feel as if they don't have the right financial knowledge. They believe that there is no way out of their current financial situation. It's the bridge between that place and where they want to be on their financial journey. And the way I have made the most impact so far in people's lives is really by having conversations. Conversations about where they are, where they want to be, as well as conversations about wealth. Because I believe that wealth encompasses so much more than just money. It has everything to do with our physical, mental, spiritual, social, and financial well-being. I call these five areas the wealth cornerstones. And I really believe that we must all be comfortable having the wealth conversation, especially given the impact of the COVID pandemic on our finances. It is now even more important that we start having the money conversation. For some, the pandemic has meant that income has either reduced or disappeared altogether whilst others have been able to save more because they have not had the opportunities to spend as much as they did before the pandemic. Either way, whatever the impact has been on your personal finances, I believe that you must engage and be comfortable talking about money. According to the UK's Money and Pension Service, often referred to as MAPS, M-A-P-S, research shows that people who talk about money make better and less risky financial decisions. They have stronger personal relationships. They are able to help their children form good lifetime money habits. And they feel less stressed or anxious and more in control. I can tell you now 
that I have experienced very high levels of stress and anxiety in the past because of my financial situation. And despite being in a much better financial position now, despite the knowledge and tools that I have access to, and with a greater understanding of how I impact my finances, there are still times when I feel uncertain about the future. So the stress and anxiety may not go away completely, but I can assure you that having a conversation about your situation may reduce the levels of stress and anxiety and the impact it has on the other areas of your life. One thing I want you to remember is that oftentimes the money conversation is not about money. It is usually about the situations that may impact your finances in either a negative or positive way. Situations like ill health, losing a job, heading towards retirement, or even getting a new job. Now, MAPS also says that building money conversations into our everyday lives also helps us build financial confidence and resilience so we can face whatever the future throws at us. Every year in the UK, for one week in November, the Money and Pension Service encourages everyone in the country to have at least one conversation about money. For 2021, this week, known as Talk Money Week, falls on the 8th to the 12th of November. But I want to encourage you not to wait until the 8th of November. I want you to have your first or maybe your next money conversation sooner than that. This is something you should get used to talking about, just like how you are used to talking about the weather. So here are my four top tips on how to have an effective money conversation with a loved one. Number one, set aside some time to have the conversation with no distractions and interruptions. Ring fencing that time might mean actually putting it in your diaries and it just increases the level of commitment to that discussion. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying set aside an hour. An effective money conversation doesn't have to be an hour. In fact, sometimes having a long conversation makes the, makes the conversation less effective. So maybe initially setting aside 10 minutes once a month to have a conversation or a check-in with a loved one about how their financial situation is, is a good way to start. Tip number two, be prepared to talk openly, but also be prepared to listen. This is actually a really, really big tip and really, really important thing to remember. Because a lot of the time we are so busy wanting to get our point across that we don't really think about listening to what has been said. So it's important to be comfortable sometimes with the silence that might come up during certain points in a conversation. Because what I learned about myself is I would always want to fill that gap of silence by talking because it was uncomfortable. But actually, now I know that more often than not, the other person is actually using that time to process what they have either just heard or even what they've said. So it's important not to rush them. Equally, it's important not to rush yourself. 
My third tip is, before you start the conversation, acknowledge that you may not be able to discuss everything in that one conversation. This is an ongoing process. Now, believe it or not, I can be quite impatient in certain situations, and this impatience does show up when I'm having conversations with some close with those who are close to me. I'm learning to deal with this with every conversation I have because I recognize that not everyone thinks and makes decisions at the speed that I do. And actually, not all of the rushed decisions that I have made have been the right ones. My last tip, number four, is reach out to a financial advisor who will have experience in facilitating such conversations. Not every conversation is easy to have. So sometimes having a neutral party to facilitate the conversation can really open up the discussion. I hope you found this episode useful and I hope that my four tips have given you an idea of how you can approach your next wealth conversation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Connect with me at The Wealth Conversation on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the discussion. Also, if you're ready to define what wealth truly means to you, then go to thewealthconversation.com and download the Wealth Cornerstones Guide. Until next week, stay focused on becoming the designer of your financial future.